Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we check in on how jet scrimmage went. Day three of training camp. Kelly Moore was there, CJOB Sports Director. He'll fill us in on what he saw. We'll also talk to Nick Dembski, Winnipegger Oak Park product, signing a new two-year extension to stay with the Blue Bombers. We'll talk about what his 2020 was like on the podcast. From the Boston Pizza Sports Desk, Team Blue beat Team White today 3-2. What does that mean? Well, a man who watched the scrimmage joins us now, Kelly Moore, CJOB Sports Director and host of Jets pre- and post-game coverage here on 680 CJOB. Kelly, first of all, how are you enjoying uh, being able to sleep in past 3 in the morning? <laughs> well, so far, uh, the body clock isn't uh, isn't cooperating every day. Uh, but uh, d- today, uh, I-, I woke up to an alarm at 10 after 6, and man, that was heaven. Nice. That's like a weekend sleeping in the past. Yes, it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So take us inside the Iceplex, Kelly. What have you seen so far? Let's start with today. What was the scrimmage like? Actually, you know, it was pretty uh, pretty high-paced. I was quite uh, impressed with it, Christian, when you consider that, you know, many of these players, even though, you know, they've tried to maintain their fitness and tried to skate as best as they can, they certainly, I don't think, were able to train under normal circumstances. So uh, it, it really does emphasize what tremendous athletes they are. Um, you know, when, when you first look at it on paper and that's why the games are played on ice they're not played on paper you know the white team had the top two lines Shifley Wheeler and Ehlers along with Paul Stastny and Kyle insurance companies deny long-term disability claims all the uh, time they give uh, lots of excuses uh, what's bleeding in there don't give uh, up we're getting I've seen it all They've ignored your doctors. They've ignored you. We're having, yeah, there we go. There we go. That's better. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, the, the, the top six forwards uh, that, that, you know, at least you would project them to be uh, for next Thursday night against Calgary were on Team White. Now, they did counterbalance that with the top four defensemen. And, you know, that would, and, and it, but again, that's kind of subjective. Josh Morrissey has been paired up with Sammy Niku throughout camp. And uh, Derek Forbert has played with Neil Pionk. So you'd think that might be one of the top two defense pairings. But somewhere along the line, wouldn't you think that Dylan DeMello is going to get reunited? I with, think so. uh, Yeah, with, with, with uh, Josh Morrissey. But for the time being, they're letting Sammy Niku have a go at this. And uh, I, I don't think Sammy has hurt his opportunities any. I, but I do think that this is more of an investment on his part. And when I say that, I mean, if there is an injury up the track to one of the top four defensemen, the more Sammy Niku does in this training camp, I think the better uh, thought process uh, he'll put into the minds of the coaching staff if they need to bump somebody up. So, you know, it, it is still very much an opportunity for Sammy Niku, but I don't know that we should be expecting him to continue to play with Josh Morrissey on opening night. So they were the top two defense pairs for the Blues. Connor Hellebuck in goal for the Whites. Back up Laurent Brossois in goal for the Blues. So would you not think the Whites would have probably been, you know, a one and a half to two goal favorite in that matchup? I would think so. 3-2, it wound up for the Blues. Mm-hmm. And and the line that did a lot of the damage, Christian, was the, the, the fourth unit, if you will, that had Nate Thompson centering 
Jadson Harkins, who you'd expect to be playing on the fourth line for the Winnipeg Jets, and Trevor Lewis, who actually this was his first day of camp. He had to quarantine for a couple of extra days after coming up from Los Angeles. But that line looked absolutely great, Christian. Now, again, it's a scrimmage. So, you know, we're, we're, we're always going to have to make sure that we counterbalance that with what we're talking about statistic-wise. But Jatson Harkins and Trevor Lewis each had a goal and an assist. And were it not for a couple of great saves by Connor Hellebuck, they would have added to those totals. Hellebuck absolutely robbed Harkins with a beautiful glove outside, save, rather, kind of stuck the glove out there a little bit at him. <laughs> you know, I thought that, that was kind of neat. Uh, and then he uh, he stopped uh, Trevor Lewis on a good uh, attempt short side. So, you know, that line really did uh, uh, provide a, a lot of good scoring chances when they were put on the uh, out on the ice. You know, I think Paul Maurice said it best. He said, you know, they did not approach this as something to warm their hands or get into. The three of them had the mindset they were going to do their job and play as hard as they could, and they did. So not a bad way to make a good, uh, favorable impression on the coach. Well, and we look at the forward unit, right, and we're pretty sure the top, we know the top six is set. It's just a matter of who shuffles where amongst those six players. We think the third line is going to be Lowry, Kopp, and then either Appleton or Perot, depending on health. And the fourth line seems to be kind of open, does it not? And so you look at Thompson and Lewis. They're both older players have been around the block a few times. They've got a lot to prove as they want to make this fourth line. And I think a flaw in the past, Kelly, for this Jets team in the last couple of years has been they have a lot of young players, and maybe they were put in a role on a fourth line that maybe wasn't perfectly fitted for them. These are both guys that are older guys, grit guys, that maybe are more suited for a fourth line role in the NHL. Yeah, you know, and, and I think the, the Jets were kind of skewing towards that last year when they had Mark Letestu and Gabriel Bork brought in. But, of course, you know, Mark had that uh, heart uh, condition very, very early in the year, so that kind of scuttled that plan. But, you know, Paul uh, Maurice brought up Matt Hendricks earlier today. And the veteran players who are fourth liners or have been fourth liners throughout their career get it. They know that if they're only going to play four or five minutes, they better be really good four or five minutes. And, uh, and that's where Paul Maurice says, you know, the veteran players probably have it a little bit over the younger players. Uh, but the other key too, I think, Christian, that we need to remember is, uh, with the schedule being played 56 games in on an every other night basis, basically, uh, you know, can you still play Wheeler, Shifley, and for now, Ehlers, you know, 22 or 23 minutes a game? Uh, you know, d- would it not make more sense to have a fourth line that can go out there and get the job done defensively, uh, but also maybe contribute the odd goal or, or two? And, and be able to give you maybe seven or eight minutes per game. So to me, I think that's what a championship caliber team should be aiming for. I, you don't see very many Stanley Cup winning teams, uh, Christian, win when they're only playing the fourth line three or four minutes. I'm going to go back, actually, and, and take a look at the, the, the score sheets of the last three or four Stanley Cup finals and see uh, what kind of ice times there were for the fourth lines. Because if you look at right now the the top four for the Jets, the top four lines for the Jets, there is going to be someone that is going to be left out. Because right now, the lines that were today, it's Matthew Perot that's the odd man out because he was not 
he's yeah. healthy enough to play in the scrimmage. Right. Yeah, that yeah, he, he's very close to getting back into the lineup. Uh, so, so then who comes uh, out, it, out of the top it, four then? Yeah, and David Gustafson is also mm-hmm. very close to getting back into the lineup. Uh, you know, so uh, that that might create a situation where they could have another scrimmage because Paul Maurice did say today that if they could muster up 18 healthy forwards, he'd he'd certainly take a long, hard look at having another scrimmage. If that way he could play three lines against three lines. But I think Mason Appleton has probably earned and gained the confidence of the coaching staff to play on the right side with Kopp and Lowry. So I, I, I see, you know, and then as we've mentioned, you know, the other top uh, six forwards, they're kind of in place. Mm-hmm. So to me, the, the battles are for the fourth line. And, you know, Jack Roslevic is, is That's right. uh, by his own decision, uh, and, and I don't want to make this all anti-Jack Roslevic. If you put yourself in his skates, He's not happy with the money that he's being offered, and he probably doesn't feel respected by the franchise. But then, of course, you look at it from the Winnipeg Jets' point of view. Well, then come here and show us. You know, play like a guy that's going to make two or three billion dollars a year, and we'll gladly pay you. But for the time being, here's our qualifying offer. And and so what he's done is he's opened the door for a Jansen Harkins. For perhaps a Trevor Lewis to be able to negotiate something beyond a professional tryout. And, you know, as the days go on, Christian, you know, we'll get a clearer sense of, of where Trevor Lewis fits into the picture. But, hey, this is a guy that was part of two Stanley Cup championship teams that was absolutely revered and respected in Los Angeles. And there'll be player, there'll be people out there that'll say, oh, you know, the guy's going to be 33 later this week. He's washed up. You know, he, he, he can't do it anymore. You know, what do you need him for? But those kind of guys are absolutely valuable for where the Winnipeg Jets are right now. I, 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 I just simply will not agree with anybody that, that thinks that having veteran leadership in a dressing room is a nothing thing. Uh, I, I just disagree with that. But they have to be able to play. And, and Trevor Lewis, he... Whether it was a scrimmage or not, Christian, the guy can skate. Mm. He can move. He can move around out there. So uh, you know, if if Jack Roslovic's decision perhaps creates an opportunity for uh, a Trevor Lewis, or the Jets see enough from a Christian Veselainen, perhaps he comes up. But I think you know, when you look at a guy like Veselainen. He's not even played a full year in the uh, American Hockey League. He decided to, you know, to, uh, to to not stay in North America. I think, you know, even a couple of years at the AHL level would do him wonders for where he wants to take his career. But that's me looking at it from the big picture. The younger guy uh, probably sees exactly what's ahead of him. But if you're looking at that fourth line, going into camp, you probably would have said Jansen Harkins. Uh, Jack Roslovic and Nate Thompson, along with David Gustafson, spelling each other off. I just uh, and Matt, oh, and sorry, Lewis. and I forgot about no, Matthew. Pro- no, sorry, Matthew. Yeah, you know, and and I guess you would look at Matthew Perot, possibly, you know, yeah. with Lowry and Cop because he's been very good with them in the past. I still think Appleton moves up there, but yeah, then you've got to you've got to have Perot on that fourth line with Harkins and Thompson or Gustafson. 
And so, you know, does Trevor, uh, does Trevor Lewis still factor in or do you play David, you know, do you have David Gustafson get a lot of minutes uh, playing with the Manitoba Moose? Just a nitpick. Trevor Lewis turns 34 on Friday. He is 33 right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you're you're right. You want to be right. I I forgot. It's 2021. I looked at it. It was, you know, January 8th, 1987. Right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. And just quickly before I let you go, Kelly, one thing we have to remember as well, we're thinking of, okay, we just need to pick the 12 players. The reality is with the compressed schedule, there's going to be injuries. There are going to be nicks and bumps. You're going to want to have really – five lines if you can to have like a, a reserve fifth line that you're going to be able to slide in because i think every team in the league is going to need that oh for sure and that's where the taxi squad you know comes into play and so if you did have a fifth line on the taxi squad of a christian Veselainen, a david gustason and perhaps a trevor lewis i don't know if he would you know take that kind of a, a situation or not at uh, the stage of his career that he's in but You've got to be playing in order to be valuable to another franchise. So that wouldn't be a bad fifth, you know, fifth line for the taxi squad. And, you know, a guy like CJ Cease has certainly not looked out of place at all. And I keep on forgetting about, you know, Luoto. You know, there's another guy that uh, has been, uh, you know, you, you certainly notice him out there and not for the wrong reasons. So it's, they're, they're not going to be game breakers but there is probably a little more bottom end depth uh for this winnipeg jets team and and you know and and so if somebody in the top six does get hurt you know do you move up a mason appleton does a jansen harkins get a chance and then that you know the trickle down effect is that creates more openings on the other side and we didn't even get to talk about the defense Oh, we'll have lots of time to talk about the defense. I think that's yeah. something we've talked a lot about. So we will, we've got a week and a day to get set for the uh, game open or the season opener next Thursday against Calgary. I can't wait. I know you can't either, Kelly. Thanks for this tonight, and we'll talk soon. You bet, absolutely, Christian. Every day, there's another signing. Today it was Tiadric Hansen, who will be back in blue and gold after spending this past year winning a, a title in Poland. He's a winner wherever he goes. Yesterday, the team announced two signings, Stanley Bryant and Nick Dembski. Dembski joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Nick, how are you doing? Good. How you do- How you guys doing? Or how are you doing? Sorry. That's all right. Yeah, it's just me. It's a one-man show here. My cat beside me is slumbering. Sometimes he gets a, a word in. But uh, for you, uh, a two-year extension. Some people signing one-year deals. You're signing a two-year deal. Is there a specific reason why you wanted that more of long-term security? Uh, not really, to be honest. I mean, it was just the numbers worked out and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I am here. So, you know, there's a two year option on the, on the table and I just decided to take it. Why is Winnipeg a good fit for you? Uh, well, first off, I mean, obviously it's home, you know, born and raised here, but at the same time, I mean, you know, we, we just had something great here last year or two years ago, I should say. And, uh, you know, just a lot of guys are coming back and they're, you know, just, just a lot of pieces are, are in the right place. And, uh, I mean, the opportunity, the, the position they have me at, I mean, there's just a lot of good things to, to come back to. Now, you mentioned uh, two years ago now, it was, you know, uh, just, what, 14 months ago you guys won the Great Cup. It's been a bit, but you guys are still going to be the defending champs. Oh, yeah. No, that, yeah, I, I was just saying that earlier. You know, that trophy's ours until somebody can take it away from us, so. You know, we're, we're coming back as the as defending challenge for sure. 
What's what was twenty twenty like for you? Uh, it was definitely different. I mean, you know, I've been playing football for the last shoot, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you. I guess twenty years of my life, and you know, th- this was the first one without it. So, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, but you know, it definitely opened some doors for, for other things and other opportunities, and you know, it gave me a chance to kind of just think outside the box. And and you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not just going to sit around and and just wait on things. You know, I, I feel like you know. That's that's a mistake if you do that. So you know, I, I just had to jump on some things and capitalize on some things and, and made it work. Obviously, you would be working out and training to stay fit. But what else did you do to uh, get by this past year? Yeah, so I mean, I you know the things that I'm talking about, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to a company last year uh, about financial advising and, and kind of put it to a halt. And then, I mean, this year, you know, they, they kind of reached out to me again and said, you know, since there's, there's no season going on, you know, you might as well get certified if that's the direction that you want to go. So, you know, I, I took it upon myself to get certified. I'm still a couple steps away, but, um, you know, that's the direction I decided to go. So I've been spending a lot of my time just kind of getting myself familiar with that, uh, with that, I guess, way of life. <laughs> I know Adam Big Hill is doing something similar as an investment advisor. Did you get some advice from him? Uh, I was talking to him. Uh, I guess it would have been like back in spring when uh, everything was still kind of uncertain. I was talking to him about it. Um, you know, he, he definitely told me to reach out if I ever have any questions. So, I mean, after all this, you know, training and the, and the certification process, if, if all that goes well, then, then I definitely will be shooting the message his way for sure. So for you then, this year served as a, a chance to look ahead. you still got many years of football left, but to look ahead and just think about what life without football is going to be like for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I still even took a couple courses at a university too. Just, you know, I, was, <laughs> I guess I was more of a student than anything this year. So, you know, it was, it was good though. You know, some, sometimes you need that, uh, you know, you, you need that little motivation and uh i mean without football i had to get motivation somewhere else so you know it was good to kind of broaden my horizon i guess you could say so when was the last time you physically had a football in your hands uh probably about two days ago okay (laughs) but uh, okay yeah yeah so you know i uh I'll, I'll still kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not catching passes or anything like that but you know i definitely you know sometimes i just see it see it in my house and i'll pick it up and toss it up to my to myself but you know i haven't i I don't even remember the last time i caught a football though probably summer honestly yeah with the conditions being what they are in manitoba you can't you're not really allowed to play catch unless it's with someone in your own house right no doubt that's the thing so i mean you know it's it's tough in that way as well just with the restrictions and everything right and hopefully we uh we get through those what do you think right now about the possibility of having a 2021 season I'm definitely optimistic, but I mean, you know, I, I was saying that last year as well. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm just, you know, crossing my fingers and just, just hoping that something gets worked out here in the, in the near future and, and bring some excitement and motivation to, to Canada, really. Now you have some teammates here in Winnipeg. Many are scattered across the North America, a lot of them in the United States. How often do you talk to your teammates? Yeah, there's definitely a couple of them that, that I'll be talking to. Uh, you know, I've I've kept in contact with quite a few of them. But and then last or yesterday, sorry, when I signed, 
um, definitely a couple of them, you know, gave me a couple of shout outs and reached out to me. So I was nice as well, but yeah, I've, I've been keeping in contact with, with a decent amount of teammates for sure. Do you watch a lot of NFL football? No, honestly, not really. Um, I've, I've been watching like, you know, obviously I'll watch highlights and stuff like that, but, um, you know, there's probably been three or four games that I've actually sat down and watched this year. But I've been keeping up with it, though, especially, you know, knowing a couple guys out there uh, on teams and stuff like that. I've definitely been kept keeping up with it a little bit. And I imagine Chris Traveler's on that list. Yeah, no doubt him. Uh, when, you know, Winston Rose, he got he got uh, activated for, for the last game of the year. So that was cool. And, uh, you know, Dave Onyemata, I played university with him. So, you know, watching him in the Saints, um, yeah, there's definitely a couple guys that, that I keep my eye out on for. Yeah, Onyemata's had a great year with New Orleans. How, how do you feel seeing a guy you played with just have such good success down in the States? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think even his, his first couple of years, you know, he definitely he just signed to that extension this previous offseason. So, I mean, to see a guy like that have, having success in, in the NFL like that, I mean, it just goes to show that anything is possible. Because, I mean, that guy, I don't think even, you know, started playing football or knew what a three-point stance was up until, you know, eight, nine years ago. So it's pretty incredible just to see his transformation for sure. Speaking of university football, I know there's thoughts of wanting to align U Sports with the CFL and kind of having a big weekend maybe with the Vanier Cup and the CFL. What do you think of kind of combining those two big Canadian football events? Yeah, I think that would be awesome. I mean, I, I, I think that should have been happening in the previous years as well. I mean, uh, you know, I know, I know back when I was all Canadian one year, I think it was like 2012, uh, the Vanier Cup and the Grey Cup were held in the same same city. And there was a couple of events like that too. And I mean, it was just great exposure, even just for, you know, a university athlete, just to be around CFL guys and kind of see, you know, how they handle themselves and whatnot. So, I mean, I, I think it'd be a great idea, especially for the, for the fans too. Well, and just think of it from a scouting point of view for CFL teams to have the best Canadian football players right there in front of them. No doubt, for sure. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, you see one thing on film, but just to be interacting with them and, and see what kind of guys they are too, I mean, I think that goes a long way as well. So that's that's a great point, actually. I'm sure you've been asked a lot about winning a Grey Cup for your hometown. It's probably something that you're going to cherish for the rest of your life. Is it something that you, you spend a lot of time thinking about that game, or are you trying to look ahead to the future now? I definitely look ahead to the future, but I mean, at the same time, I have that ring sitting right in my living room as well. So, I mean, you know, that, that ring brings back a lot of memories. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely try to look ahead in the future, but I mean, until there's a future here, you know, the season gets here. That's that's definitely the, the last memory of, uh, of my football career right now. So, I mean, it definitely pops up in my head a lot, but hopefully we can uh, go out there and create some new memories. Hopefully soon. And this time of year, typically you'd be able to train at the team facility, right? Yeah, for sure. So what are you doing instead? Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, we just got an email not too long ago for players that are in town. So they're trying to get that back up and running ASAP. Um, So hopefully I can be in there within the next next week or, or something like that. And for the time being, I mean, I have some bands and some dumbbells and and all that so you know i just try to stay active that way but you know definitely it would be nice to get back into a gym and start pushing some some good weight and and using uh the equipment over there 
What kind of running do you need to do in the offseason as a receiver? Definitely need to do some running. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the thing that I've been lacking the most. I mean, yeah, uh, obviously being in, from Winnipeg and living here every offseason, I mean, you're you're in snow six months of the year anyways. But um, the main thing is, I mean, just getting like the indoor turfs and, and, and all that stuff back open, um, you know, recruit ready. Uh, which is a football program that, that I'm I'm part of. Uh, we have the golf dome rented out, so hopefully the golf dome can get back up and running, and then and then we can get in there and and use our turf in there in the morning. So that, that's that's the plan right there. Well, not going to win in a few weeks if the numbers keep going down. We should be able to at least at a limited capacity have some kind of gym openings again. Uh, before I let you go, Nick, uh, I'm just curious what is your hockey situation. Would you be able to go out and skate on the river? Is that something you could do for cardio? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I've, I've actually been thinking about it lately, but, you know, as, as I was saying, with the whole certification process right now, I'm actually in pretty pretty busy time right now of finishing up exams and stuff like that. So once all that's done and, and behind me, I'll, I'll definitely be out there on the rinks. You know, my, my friends have actually been asking me to go out there. I'm not sure if that's a good thing to to say right now or, or not but anyways yeah i mean i'd love to go back up there on the on the outdoor hockey rink and go skate and get cardio that way and at the same time you know just be able to hang out and, and kick it that way you're allowed to go on rinks you just can't have an actual game breakout and you can only have a few people out there you just can't okay. you know be super close to people but if you do it safely you can do it so you should be able you should be good as long as you know people go. don't good mob job. the rink knowing that a breakup champion is out there skating <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. I guess I'll just keep it hush-hush. Yeah, there you go. All right, Nick, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me. Uh, congratulations on the new deal, and hopefully we have some football to talk about. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you having me. As Nick Dembski slot back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, signed a two-year extension yesterday, so he'll be here for the 2021 season and the 2022 season, which should definitely be normal. This one, we'll wait and see. We'll see what happens. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?